0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I bring you greetings on behalf of your brothers, sisters, and siblings throughout the Episcopal Diocese of Atlanta. 120 worshiping communities planted in 75 and a half counties. 56,000 men, women, children, teenagers, and feisty seniors. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. It's a delight to be here with you, and uh, before I get cranked up here, uh, let me give honor where honor is due. Uh, This, I am told, is the 25th anniversary of Dean Sam Candler being our dean. I think that deserves a round of applause. (laughs) Amen. Today's a big day not because i'm here but because you're here today we get to do something very special today we create a space for those confirmed and the one who is to be received to say yes to say yes again that's what life of god is continually and evolving yeses to god And for those of us who are here, who are not being confirmed and not being received, there's a space for us. It's called the baptismal covenant. You and I get to lean in just a little bit and say yes again ourselves. Don't you dare sit there and think about brunch. This is a team sport. We do this together. That is worship, Uh, a high and lifted up God. Shown forth to us in the majesty of architecture and song and beauty and in creation, creates in us the desire to respond. And how we respond is to say, Yes. Yes again. Yes in my present circumstances. Yes in my nowness. Yes in the adversities I'm facing. Yes in the confusion I'm facing. Yes in the uncertainty I'm facing. Yes again, God. Yes again. That's the whole sermon. You got it? Off we go. Except for a few more things. Where are those who are being confirmed? Just wave at me. Look at them. Beautiful. What is confirmation? Very good. It's a mature and public affirmation of your faith. Can't do this at home. Can't do this in TikTok. Can't do it in Uber. Can't do it on Instagram. Got to do it here got to do it with us and we got to do it with you we do this together we affirm today that you come to say yes even if you don't know the whole thing because we certainly don't know the whole thing but we say yes to the next step that's what you're doing here and so in an ancient ritual I'll put my hands on your head and I'll pray that the Holy Spirit be with you in new ways and then off you go you get to tell us now about who God is Because we need that. And we get to tell you something of what we've learned of God. And that's how community is really built. Is that this is a space where you and I get to share our revelation of the divine one with the other. That's how we create community. That's how we create harmony. That's how we build the kingdom of God. God has been revealed to you and we need to hear a fresh word. And you need to hear from us who God has been with us who have hair like mine. That's confirmation. A mature and public affirmation of faith. And then there's one lovely person coming to be received. And, and some people think reception in the Episcopal Church, I mean, they're coming from another tradition, and they come today to be formally received in this community. And some Episcopalians will think when someone comes to be received, they think to themselves as they sit there, ah, oh, yes. Uh, This person has finally seen now the top shelf of religion (laughs) and and, and put away these uh, Catholic ways and Methodist ways and all that and now reaching for the Episcopal high bar. Some people think that. I am not among them. I'm flattered that you're here. Frankly, I'm humbled that you're here because you being here means that somehow you smelled God on us in the worship, in the fellowship, in the invitation to serve. Somehow in your real life, you've seen in us some people you want to continue your travels with. And we're honored. We should be. It means that the Holy Spirit is at work. And so I get to say a different prayer over you than I'll say over the confirmands. I get to say to you, we affirm you. You're here with us, and that prayer that I'll pray, and you'll hear me say it, it ends with an amen, and this is the one deficiency in our Book of Common Prayer, because it ends with amen, and of course, amen just means we agree, but it should also say, after amen, it should say, welcome home. Welcome home to us. We are home with you, and isn't it something to find a home in a world that sometimes can seem so unwelcoming? So I'll say that to you today, on behalf of all of us, welcome home. Today we remember St. Francis, St. Francis, and we remember oftentimes his prayer, or we remember that he had a certain love and harmony and affinity for, for creatures, for animals, and I'm told that the dean and the canon staff were outside earlier this morning blessing all manner of wiggly puppies and cuddly kittens and the like. A thousand years ago, I used to be a canon at a cathedral, at the Cathedral of St. John the Divine uh, in Manhattan, and our uh, St. Francis celebration was all of that, and it involved a parade of all kinds of weird creatures. And sometimes, even on Sunday morning, we had ant farms and large boa constrictors. We had camels come right down the middle of the nave, and even an elephant. So... I invite the dean to contemplate with you what it would be like to have a camel or an elephant come marching down the center aisle in the cathedral. I'm sure I'll get some emails about that. But, but we have to zoom out on St. Francis a moment. Uh, because if we don't, we'll just say, what a good guy. What a cool guy. He had this great pension for creation. That's lovely. No. How St. Francis is St. Francis is St. Francis had an intimacy with God. And in that harmony and affinity with God, you know, the downstream of that was a harmony and affinity for the poor. We don't talk about that very much on St. Francis Day. He loved the poor. He didn't come from poor circumstances, but he had an affinity for the poor. He saw them as neighbor. He saw them as brother and sister. And yes, also creation. That's the thing about God. When you go deep with God, you end up beside all kinds of people. That's the journey we're inviting you on here now. We're inviting you to be soul adventurers. That's all the saints are. No spiritual super athletes to be put on a pedestal. No. No. Just like us. But they went deep. They made a choice. They kept saying yes. They became soul adventurers. They found something in God that was better than all that the world could provide. Which brings us to the gospel lesson. It's that standard, come unto me, all who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Don't we know it very well? It's an introduction, it's an invitation rather, it's an introduction and it's a promise. Here's the invitation, and that's all we're doing today in our formal Episcopal way, we're saying come, or as we say in the South, y'all come. Jesus must have been from Atlanta, y'all come, he says. Come. And isn't that what life is really at many intersections for the young and for the old? It's to choose to come to God with those things. A God always more ready to hear than we are to pray. Come. And so for some of us today, maybe we should think today at Are you on your way to Jesus right now? I mean, with the thing, with the child rearing, with the marriage, with the money. With the prognosis are you on your way to Jesus in some new way maybe or some old time tested and true way are you on your way this invitation by the way is very specific he says come to those who are weary and heavy laden now you may say that that's an inappropriate text to select for preaching for some young people today but that's not what the data says the data says that our young people these days know more about weariness and being burdened and perhaps ever before, as well as the rest of us, we now know that loneliness is endemic and pandemic among us. And Jesus just puts right in the middle of all of that conversation, come on. I know what to do with your anxiety. I know what to do with your depression. I know what to do with the strife at home. Come. I know what to do when the money gets funny. Come on. Come on. Come on, yes, you should go to the therapist, absolutely, yes, you should talk to friends over lunch, yes, you should share your burdens with people, but come on, I have a unique add value to the milieu, I can do something that the others can't do, and I do work through them, but I can do something else. When you get quiet with me, i got something to say to you, to you, at school, and at home, and in life. And when the troubles get so heavy, you just can't bear them and want to give up. I've got something for you. God does God's best work when we're weary and heavy burdened. Somebody in the room knows that. That's what I like about Jesus. He's a genius when times get hard. When you don't find it within yourself to tell somebody else, you can tell him because he knows about it. He knows what it's like to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to actually have no shelter. He knows what it's like to be misunderstood. He knows what it's like to be rejected by family members. He knows, and that is the invitation from him. Come, 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 because the stuff gets heavy. Erica Badu is an R&B singer. You may know her, you may not know her. She's from Houston, Texas, and she had a very famous song. It says, Bag Lady, you're going to hurt your back, dragging all that stuff like that. I guess that nobody ever told you. All you must hold on to is you, is you, is you, she says. And then this wonderful rousing chorus says, so pack light, just pack light. We can't do that all by ourselves. This is not a self-will club. We do that with Jesus, and therefore Jesus moves to the introduction. Jesus says, hey, I've made the invitation. Now let me disclose something of myself. I am, he says, gentle and lowly of heart. What's your image of God? I mean you, sitting right there. What's your image of God? A mean guy with white hair, long white beard, sitting in the clouds, keeping record of all your misdeeds. Is that your God? Because that ain't the God of the Bible. Jesus comes to reveal himself in new and creative and generative ways that build trust in us. I am gentle. The Bible tells us that when God wants to correct God corrects gently. Think about that for a second. He's trying to build trust in us so that the bonds are thick because life gets long. I'm gentle. He says also that I'm lowly in heart. Think about that for a moment. Doesn't that just absolutely arrest your imagination? That the God of all the worlds says that I am low, I am right beside you, and I am humble. Think about it for a second. The God who put big in the whale, the God who put busy in the ant, the God who put cantankerous in the octogenarian, y'all ought to be laughing at that one, obstrupulous in the teenager, that God, that God who sang the universe into being, put earth at the exact location it needed to be, too close, we burn, too far away, we freeze, that God. The giver of the morning. That God says, I know what to do with power. I'll put myself right beside you. That's the disclosure today. I'm right beside you. Whether you're at the beginning of your journey or you're closing out your final act, I'm right there. I'll never forsake you. I'll never abandon you. I'll never leave you. And so what God wants by telling us who God is is not arm-twisting, not obligation, no guilt, no shame, no thank you. But when we contemplate who God is, it draws praise from us. And praise is more than singing. Praise is a response. Praise is a response. Today, I get the privilege of inviting you into the baptismal covenant, those things that are at the center of our life with God here in the Episcopal Church. And all you get to say, which is a fulsome response, is, I will with God's help. I will because God is deserving of my best try, that's all. And when I fall and we all fall, at least I do, how about you? Then I get a reboot, I get a 2.0, I get another try with God. Because God is low, and God understands, and God is gentle. And, and here's the effect Because when you get this image of God crystal clear in your mind, then what happens is it has an amazing effect in our relationships because then I go low. I understand with all my power that God loves for us to use power, power for mercy's sake. Best application of power, by the way. Yeah, and I understand that I end up beside other people, particularly the people I struggle to love. Am I the only one? Yeah, so, so who God is for us, as told by Jesus, ends up infecting our lives and affecting our lives and effecting change wherever we find ourselves. That's the consequence of this wonderful introduction. This is who I am, always right beside you, always right beside you. I value humility, he says. When I was growing up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I'm still a Steelers fan, although I love the Falcons have to say that because we're being recorded. I grew up in a, 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 what you call a no-collar town. I mean, we had the white collars and the blue collars, but there was a lot of us who came from no-collar families. And the highest praise that we could give anybody that, that was across race and across gender and across ethnicity was that person is down to earth. This is what Jesus is trying to cultivate in us, not by some theory, not by a text or a tweet, by saying, this is who I am. Come and find your share with me. I'll be at floor height level. And then there's the last piece. Here's the last piece. He says, if you take up my yoke, if you learn from me, then I'll help you hold your burdens differently. Because partnership with me, he says, is easy, and burdens in his hands, they become light. I notice that we're talking a lot as modern people about being enough. Are you hearing that conversation? We're saying to our spouse, oh, that I desire to be enough. And we're saying at work, oh, I desire to be enough. And we're saying it on the job, oh, I desire to be enough. That Newsflash, you're not. You're not enough. Neither am I. We're not None of us, enough, but the promise of God, this is the unique add value, the promise of God is with me, I can show you what enough looks like because God is saying, I'm enough. So bring your jagged edges, bring your broken parts, bring them to me and I'll help you hold them in a way that is gracious, that brings a stillness and a peace and a confidence that the world cannot give, which points us to the joy that the world cannot give. So the promise really is that the church's privilege to echo and to amplify through all millennia is that. Trust His promise. Trust His promise, young people. That's what we're saying to you. We're giving you our very best today. The best we have to give to you is God. That's it. That's our best. That's our absolute best. Oh, we'll help you with jobs, and we'll help you figure out spouses and all that sort of stuff and careers. Yes, we'll help. We're right here for you. But the best we can give is to tell you about someone, someone who loves you more than we can love you and who has provided more and will provide for you more than we can provide for you and that that person is absolutely trustworthy. If you're a senior in this congregation, that's our ministry. Our ministry is to commend however you commend it that God is trustworthy. Our, our journey, our, our privilege, our, our, our wonderment With others is to say, yeah, I haven't read all the fancy books and I don't know about the big mouth bishop, but I'll tell you this, I found God trustworthy at this intersection in my life. I found God trustworthy at that intersection in my life. And when I ran out of ideas, something came through the window and over the transom and there it was. It was in a song, it was in the scripture text, it was somewhere, and it animated me. And I was able to go on. That's all the church is. It's a place where we get to commend the trustworthiness of God. Today, in just a few minutes, we're going to do the baptismal covenant. So here's the ask. The ask is is that as we recite the baptismal covenant together, just find your place in it. Find the thing you struggle with. Find the thing that's hard. Find the thing you don't know very much about. Grab it. Hold it. Take it to Jesus. Jesus. Get to know the Jesus of that particular question. Find in that particular question the promise of God and then live out of it. That's the best you can give the world. Someone animated by a wonderful God in your real life at your real address. Didn't the opening hymn say it all? And I'll let that be my last word. Let all things their Creator bless and worship Him in humbleness. Oh, praise Him. Alleluia. Praise God the Father. Praise God the Son. Praise God the Spirit, three in one. Oh, praise Him. Oh, praise Him. Oh, praise Him. Alleluia. Alleluia.